Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Detroit beats the Toronto Maple Leafs for the first time this decade after an all-around really strong team performance. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News podcast. I did Thursday's episode of the Daily J. It's going to be the trend from now on, guys. You just, you know, always will listen to our episodes because that keeps me employed. Um, but Thursdays especially. Um, and Scotty's a freelance journalist for the Detroit News as well as the host of Locked on Tigers. And we are v- sitting like very happy campers on this Friday Morning, Ooh. afternoon, evening, whatever time you guys are listening to this, as the Detroit Red Wings, as you heard in the cold open, for the first time this decade, have slain the beast in the Toronto Maple Leafs, winning 4-1 to at home, and it's the first time they've won in regulation against the Leafs, dating all the way back to, what, December 15th, 2017? I was still in college. Yeah, I was, like, just starting college. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, baby. that's so crazy, dude. Like... I mean, what a night, though. I'm so amped. Like, what a what a hockey game, man. The, the This is the type of game that you watch. And we've talked about so much throughout this season. Like, if they could just put it all together, imagine what the product would look like. Like, we have so much inconsistency when it comes to, oh, like, you know, tonight this part of the game was good and this part of the game was bad. Or tonight, like, they took a period off. Or tonight, you know, this struggled. But this was really good. And and we've seen every single aspect at some point in this season be the strong suit of the team, but not all in one game yet, like up until this game. And I think this is, if it's not, I mean, no game I don't think is really perfect. So I don't know if, it, you know, firing on all cylinders, it's as close as we can get. Yes. It's as close as we have gotten, I should say, to an all-around, just like all areas, just firing on all cylinders game from the Red Wings. Uh, I, I mean, for my money, maybe the, the most impressive all-around game of the year. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, Toronto, I think, that definitely did tilt the ice towards their direction in terms of, like, offensive chances at even str- – I don't want to say offensive sure. chances. Shot attempts at even strength no, for sure. as the game went on. But the first half of that game, it was all Red Wings. And then as the game went on, yeah, yes, sure, the Toronto Maple Leafs tended to get the um, – the, the Toronto Maple Leafs tended to get more of the shots, but actually I was going to say, just based on what I saw on the ice, it felt like the Red Wings had the better high danger chances and actual scoring chances. But actually the, 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 the Oh my God, the, 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 the data Scotty backs it up in the high danger Corsi four percentage. The Red Wings had the 59.94 percentage advantage. I mean, they hit like four posts. They were getting shots down low inside the slot. They were dangerous they in this game in the slot. Do you have the heat map already? Do you want to get uh, uh, yeah. this early? It's, like they 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 really did, and and like that's not to say, again. Like I know it's that we're gonna, even. yeah, I know that strength. we're gonna see a lot of of high danger opportunities for Toronto too. But um, like look at like in the in the low slot right there for Detroit, like that's where they lived, man. Like they had a lot of opportunities right there, and uh, I I think that that was a big reason for 
you know, like stretching that out as, as far as you can stretch that hot zone out for the wings, like the better, like as far as you can stretch that out further and further into the slot, the better. So I, I think seeing that all the way up, you know, to the equivalent of, of the face-off circle, like that's, you know, that, that's great. And for those listening at home, uh, the heat maps at even strength are pretty much identical for both teams. Now, the Toronto Maple Leafs did outshoot the Red Wings, so the heat map for Toronto is a little bit darker in this slot, but the Red Wings lived in that slot as well, and you but can also, very clearly like, see even, that. I mean, even defensively, like if you can put – like you're going to give up high-danger shots like right in front of the net, like it's going to happen, and that's what obviously what we gave up. But we're used to that, you know, kind of looking, comparing and contrasting the two. Like we're used to the opponent's – heat map like like stretching out again and like going into that slot area and getting higher and higher into the slot and this one was really like the all they really had to worry about in high volume was right in front of the net and outside of that was pretty inconsistent it's and, not even just exactly like right directly outside the net like to the left of the net yeah, which i'm not I, sure you can ask for too much of a better defensive i mean obviously you you know de- better defensive performances are possible but given the 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 state of both teams. I'm not sure really going into the game. You you could really be happier with that, that type of uh, that optically what that heat map says. I'm glad that it showed that they had a lot of chances to the left of the net. Cause I also noticed that watching the game that it felt like they kept, <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs kept trying to stuff it in like right on that left post consistently. And, you know, they had that first goal of the game that got called back off the face off. The, the rookie kicked the puck up to tried to kick the puck up to a stick, but then it went off Olimata's skate into the net. So it was a no yeah. goal because the last uh, contact on the offensive player was a kicking motion. Uh, that was a new, I learned something new in this game because I didn't think, I thought that if it went off the other team, it still counted, but apparently the last contact has to come from a deflection or a stick. It can't be a distinct kicking motion, de- no For matter what it deflects team, on yeah. after that. Yeah. So that I learned something new. We'll take and those. It's kind of funny though, because that puck was going to go on his stick. Like he was heading right to, towards him. So Oli Mata kind of saved a goal by scoring on his own goalie. Yeah. In, in, oh, a, in no, a weird roundabout way. He literally did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By accidentally deflecting that puck into the zone or into the net rather, but that's neither here nor it's there. It's kind Just of a momentum shifter. Like, I don't know. I, I, not that it was, you know, like the key to the game or anything, you know, it happened 55 seconds into the game, but I mean, it was a little bit. I mean, I'm sure it took the wind out of their sails a little bit, and the Wings really played well for the next, I mean, honestly, you know, rest of the game, but especially for the remainder of the first period. The the, the first and the first half, I would say, of the second especially was was really, really solid play agree. all around. Well, because that fir- very first goal was like, and I, I tweeted calling it like a vintage Raymond goal, even though it's the second year in, his, in the league. But last season, it felt as if, Every single Lucas Raymond goal that we saw was this kind of goal. Dylan Larkin streaks across the blue line. Lucas Raymond is trailing behind. Dylan Larkin drops it back. Lucas Raymond rips it home. And that's exactly what this goal was. It felt vintage despite him being in the league for just a year and a half at this right. point. Um, but it was it was a really nice goal. And, it, you know, you talk about the goal that got called off being a momentum shifter, but this really, I feel like, was a true momentum shifter. Now, don't get me wrong. I was still very nervous because I recognized, I know what the Toronto beliefs are. I know they're still very good at hockey. Uh, but when the Red Wings got that first goal and struck first, I was like, okay, they're going to score goals tonight. At least one, which is good. <laughs> and, you know, getting the lead at home is going to be huge for momentum. And they carried that into the second period where Robbie Fabry on five on three. Actually, it was really 
that was a five on three or was it five on four at that point? I think, yeah, I think that, it was just a regular power play. That was just a regular power play. Yeah. Because it started off as a five on three. They couldn't convert, but when it yeah. got to the right, but it was basically a five on three because that, which Toronto Maple Leaf was it that broke his stick and went to. Oh, right. There were a lot of broken sticks in oh, this yeah. game. I noticed that too. Weird. So much, but yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful tic-tac-toe pass from Dominic Kubalik. Did you hear the call? Were you watching on ESPN? Did you hear the call? Tic-tac-toe! It was so (laughs) sick. It was such a good call, for real. Yeah, But Robbie Fabry, three goals in four games since coming back. He doesn't look like he's lost a single step. He continues to play super well. Yeah, and, and, you know, this is something that we talked about a lot going into the season. And, and, you know, like, we, we often talked about this team's depth was going to be the best it's looked in a while. And it was only going to get deeper because Robbie Fabry was going to come back. Now, obviously that did not go to plan because other injuries happened, but uh, this is such a huge like in season get. Oh yeah. I mean, you're hundred percent spot on because I remember watching or watching, but reading an argument between two people on Twitter where they're talking about how much better the team's going to get when all these player points on the, press box come onto the ice and other guys like well we don't know that's going to happen and they're both right like hypothetically that's a lot of points in the press box but we don't know that it's going to convert well Robbie Fabry has 100% converted and you know it looks as if he took all the time he needed to get healthy in his rehab did not rush because he looks like he looks like he's been playing all season. He's well, he in, practiced he's in with the team for like four. he was in a non-contact for a while. Yeah. Like conditioning or whatnot was was you know stuff that we talked about with other players. We certainly didn't have to. I guess the word is worry about with him just because he 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 had been practicing with the team for quite a while even before his return. But yeah, really nice to see him not only back but back in producing and and yeah, like you said, doesn't seem to have missed a step. Absolutely. And I mean, we got to get to a quick ad break here, but when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation because we haven't even talked about how the, we talked a little bit about the top line just with Raymond's goal, but I mean, overall that top line really clicked the top defensive pairing clicked Vili Huso was great. And you know what? Oh, did it. Hey, credit where credit's due. Are we going to say the same thing? Are we going to say Ben Sherratt? Ben (laughs) Sherratt looked decent, man. Not even decent. I'd argue he had a good game. I'd argue he had a really good game in this. Yeah, one. I think so um, too, man. Of course, Vili Huso got to give props to Ilya Samsonov as well. I thought he played out yeah. uh, outstanding. And then we will talk about the Columbus Blue Jacket Jackets game that's going to happen on Saturday. But we're we'll going to celebrate mostly. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how much we're going to celebrate mostly today. Uh, but first, I got to talk to you guys today about Built Bar. Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat? Sure. Don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try Built Bar. Coconut. Are you just, just saying? Gonna, okay, just say, gonna flavors in the background. We just whisper got, flavors. <laughs> we just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat healthier this year. That's legitimate. It really is. If you, if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got just the thing for you. You gotta try Built. With Built, healthy is actually delicious. Seriously, they're so good you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. I got news for you guys. They're in stores now. They're not just at Built.com. Sam's Club, Walmart, boom, boom. boom. I said that at the same time. Uh, Walmart's got the four-pack. Sam's Club's got the 13-pack. they got different flavors at each of them. But if you can find the cookie dough chunk puff, those you can find a churro-flavored Built Bar, you better go play the lottery in the same day because it's your lucky day. Yeah, you could win over $1 billion by playing the Mega Million. I'm also not endorsing you playing the lottery either, but... (laughs) 
Eat Bill Bar. <laughs> Good recovery, Scotty. Uh, that's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar ba- four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. They're only 160 calories with 17 grams of protein. Go get them now. Sam's Club's got the 13-bar box. Brownie batter, churro. You'll thank us later. Go to BuiltBar.com. Go to Sam's Club. Go to Walmart. You won't regret it. Segment two, almost at segment three. I don't want to rush this. We got we to gotta take this celebration slow. <laughs> segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. And What a day. What a day. What an absolute day. Let's talk about the top line. Raymond, Larkin, Bertuzzi. Strong showing from them again. Obviously, we already talked about Raymond's goal, but uh, Bertuzzi, man, he had four or five point-blank opportunities and just could not bury it. I don't know whether or not to be super happy about his performance or to be frustrated at his performance. Because, one, he led the team in expected goals 4%. He had an expected goals 4% in this game, Scotty, of 80%. He had a Corsi 4% of 55%. That disparity, because remember, expected goals 4 is the quality of the shot attempt. Well, Corsi is just the shot attempt. He had a, what, 25% disparity between his quality and regular shot attempt that just shows you how good of opportunities he had that he could not bury yeah absolutely well i mean just talking in general the top line is a whole man golly what a performance larkin was buzzing and like yes. he, he you know larkin shows up every night and like that's not someone we usually have to worry about but he's gonna get the i bag. mean golly man he he was he was really was buzzing we already talked about raymond a little bit bert looked really solid and the thing about bert too is like Bertuzzi is somebody who can be so effective on the forecheck. And I think that that's something that this team was missing a lot while he has been gone. And, and we've seen in the games that the wings have looked good. That's a consistent thing we keep bringing up. Like anytime the wings take down a good team or play really close to, at, to a good team or, or whatever, it's something we bring up almost every time is how good the forecheck looked. And I thought that the team as a whole, had a really good performance in that regard tonight, and I think that Burt was one of the highlights of that, just consistently pestering the offensive – well, yeah, the offensive zone while Toronto had the puck. Just a really, really good performance. I mean, I completely agree, and the stats agree with you too. I mean, if you look at the top three players in expected goals four percentage, it's them all the way. It's 80%, 79%, and 70%, Bertuzzi, Raymond Larkin, respectively. I mean, they – dominated the Toronto Maple Leafs when they're out there. And I mean, caveat, Austin Matthews did not play this game, but I I don't think that takes anything away from what they said. They say he's sick and he's been dealing with injury like all season long. I don't think that takes away. This was a second night of a back-to-back for Toronto as well, for whatever that's worth. and, And he didn't play in either, I think. And like you know what, none of that takes away from this Red Wings win. I because I think we the Toronto Maple Leafs regulation since like, in a very long yeah. time. Like I'm, I'm good, man. I don't care. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take it. Well, my argument against that is like Toronto still brought it to you. They still had what close to forty shots oh, in this yeah, game total. A very good hockey team. And it was had, a very close game until the very end. Yeah, they had thirty three total shots on you. Vili Huso stopped all but one of those, and the only one he didn't stop was redirected by his teammate Dylan Larkin. Right. I mean, Toronto technically didn't score a single goal on the Detroit Red Wings. The only Detroit Red Wings scored a goal in the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> so I mean, like this was a well-earned win all the way around. I mean, Ilya Samsonov for the Toronto Maple Leafs played out of his freaking mind in this game. 
He had a great game. I know he ended up letting in three goals on uh, less than 30 shots. So his save percentage is like eight, six, four, but you know, don't let that fool you. That last goal that he let up against most cider was kind of just like the cherry on top up until that point, he was lights out. He was so good. And he made so many stellar saves that Jonathan Bergeron save he made. I think he was a stick save. Some people say we hit the post. I couldn't tell, but I mean, he was really good. The Red Wings absolutely earned this win. The top line led the way. Um, and you know what? That top pairing of Jake Wallman and Moritz Sider has continued to prove that you should not split them up because they were excellent in this game as well. At 100%. This Jake Wallman for president. I don't <laughs> even care. Like, wh- I mean, wh- what a storyline this season continues to show out. And, you know, for Wallman specifically, it's obviously great. And he's somebody that at the beginning of the year, we were throwing in with like the third pairing and like having a discussion about his future with the team, like coming into the season. And then now he's excelling at top pairing, which is obviously a fantastic story, but you know, the, the pairing with cider is what makes this so awesome because cider was, I mean, we've talked a lot of everybody in this fan base has talked about how cider's production kind of like, I guess plateaued is the word. It hasn't really regressed necessarily, but it, it, it just it kind of plateaued for the beginning part of the year when he was with Sherrod. And, you know, we'll, uh, we'll get to Sherrod in a second, I'm sure. But uh, since he has been put on the same pairing as Wallman, they have both really continued to excel. And, and Cider, it, the production has been really good for Cider the last couple of games. And uh, really just ever since he's been been on they've shared a pair together what is that two weeks into this we are two three like weeks six into that. games or something like that yeah so uh, it, and he has looked really a lot better just since that switch happened and uh tonight just continues to prove that i mean he has what like six points in his last two games something like Sider? that cider does so because uh, he had the five, four last night or yeah, against night. winnipeg i should say so yeah just unbelievable by both of them good performance by both of them great showing and just a continuation of some momentum that both of them have been building for a while i think you know it's it's individual and it's combined in how Absolutely. well they're playing no, it's jake wallman like and Mata. yeah jake wallman made a phenomenal play on the offensive blue line almost identical to what he did against the jets the score he made a move on an offender who was pressing got around him got to the high slot, ripped the shot, hit the post today. And then defensively, uh, Moritz Sider, or the puck got past Moritz Sider, and it looked like it was going to be an easy breakaway for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He showed off his defensive speed and how that can be a weapon defensively. Got all the way back, what should have been a breakaway. Yeah, Jake Wallman won the race, and with very minimal contesting, got that puck away and broke up the play. Uh, he's a threat on both offensive and defense. Obviously, Moritz Sider has looked Almost almost completely back to how he was last season playing with Danny DeKaiser and Jordan Osterley. Don't ask me. I don't I, I don't know how this works. Chemistry matters. All right. Yes. Ke- chemistry matters. But he has, you know, he's showing a lot more patience in the defensive zone and offensive zone with the puck. Not afraid to draw. And we talked about this in the game against the Winnipeg Jets. He's not afraid to draw players to him to take them out of the play by making a move on them. He did that in the defensive zone by waiting for a Maple Leaf offender to come towards him, a four-checker come towards him, made the move, then gave the pass across to Jake Wallman, who very smartly, one touch passed it back to Moritz Sider, who as soon as he made that pass had broken around that four-checker to create That's an odd man rush play, going baby. the other way. He created an odd man rush going the way by feeding Adam Ernie, and they almost scored on that rush. I mean, that just 
that instantaneous not don't think about it chemistry that they already have is just astounding. Like indiv- there's individual plays you can do by watching them. Obviously he scored the power play goal as well. And that, you know, when I first, my stream was quite far behind um, the live feed. Must and be so a day that ends in Y. It, it's a day that ends in Y. And so when I saw the notification that Mortzetta scored, I automatically assumed, Oh, they just pulled the goalie to make it five on five. When I actually saw it happen, that was a really nice was a uh, power play goal assisted by, Jake Wollman and Lucas Raymond. I, that it's just a beauty of a goal to really put the icing on the cake for the Detroit Red Wings. And this, it was, you know, they may not have had the edge in shot attempts or quality shot attempts, but they had the edge in the shot attempts that really, really matter. And that's the high danger chances. They had the edge in this low only stat that matters in the end, which is goal scored. They capitalized on their chances. And they played a really good defensive game, which I don't think we've noted really that much in this. We complain about their defensive game so much, Scotty. But in this game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, whoso would make the save, they'd clear the rebound. They clamped down in front of the defensives, yeah. in front of their own net, to stop the chances. And I think you actually did mention it in the first segment when talking about the heat map, but that, that blue dot that they had was just off to the left side of the goal. They didn't have that whole big slot we were so used to seeing because the Red Wings defensively were suffocating in their own zone for once this season. So they just all around played a really good game against an excellent hockey team and they got rewarded for it. And that's something that we've been talking about is they keep playing well, they'll get rewarded. A power play goal, two power play goals, no penalty kill goals. Everything, like you said earlier, everything just came together to coalesce. And you saw how good this team can be. Not you, I mean, yes, you, but the listeners. Everyone got to see how good this team can be when everything comes together. We just need that more often. 100%. When we come back, uh, we'll wrap up our conversation. We still got to give props to Ben Chirot. We still got to give props to Billy Husso, who Billy played unreal. Oh, yeah. um, and then we'll finish up with a quick game preview of the Columbus Blue Jackets. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about who other than Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football, college basketball, and the National Hockey League regular season. You know what? Spring training is around the corner, too. I wouldn't be surprised if you see odds start popping up there. I know you you always have you already have early World Series favorites. I know that's out there. They got it all at BetOnline. Tigers moved in the wall. We're going all the way. Let's go. Uh <laughs> If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. I struggled to get the banner to go away there for a second. Bet Segment never three goes away. It never goes away. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Um, what great job, Brian. Just lead off with the um the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Again, winners, four to one, two in a row. We're one win away from a win streak, but it couldn't have happened without Billy So It couldn't have. It really couldn't have. And we've said that so many times this year, and I- I'm sure it's kind of getting broken record e. But, but when it's a I, good news thing, like it, yeah, it doesn't like it doesn't matter because it's just so true. Like th- this team, the, between the ups and the downs of the season and whatnot. They, they would not be where they are today on January 13th without how well Huso has played all season. And they especially are not playing 
or are not in that game as much as they are and not hanging around with the Maple Leafs or with a team of any caliber like the Maple Leafs without Billy Huso either. I just realized you said January Yeah, I know. 13th. It's Friday the 13th. I it's know. Friday the 13th. Spooky. Bad day to be a Maple Leafs fan, baby. Uh, no, yeah, Billy Huso. And you know what? Not we, We've said it in previous games up leading up to this point. He's had... I won't call it a rough stretch because I think the team just played horrible in front of him and did not put him in a position to succeed. All those ruthless penalty kills that they had where they just could not stop the other team from shooting the puck. But I felt like this was not only a great game for him, but like a great game for his confidence. A what a perfect 970 save percentage, a goal saved above expected of 1.85. This was a game where he was just in absolute top form. Again, the only goal that he allowed was a redirection off the te- stick of his own teammate. That's it, uh, uh, without that, it would have been a shutout of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that would have been huge. And it's still huge for Billy Huso. But like you said, Scotty, we've been saying it all season long, but Billy Huso puts this team in a position to succeed every single night. He goes out there and I don't see that ending anytime soon, even in the rough, like five to one losses, you had what two penalty kill goals that killed you and sank it. It, it's just he is a brick wall for the Detroit Red Wings and he earned that contract and he's earned the starter role. And, you know, regardless of what happens when they call Nedeljkovic back from the AHL, he has nothing to worry about. Absolutely nothing to worry about. <laughs> no, I, I would say arguably the most valuable player on the team up to this point this season yeah. does not have anything to worry about for the first Certainly season. the most consistent player on the team. Yeah. Uh, and then the final guy we got to give props to Ben Sherrod actually had a, a really good game in this yeah, one. And man. we've got to give props when people credit play well. where credit is due. Get a really important he block a, shot. Yeah. I think the block shot really highlighted a pretty solid all around performance. And, and he had in the first period, he had a, uh, a couple of missed assignments early, but really besides that, you know, the, there wasn't any glaring and, and look like, there were points in this game where it got pretty physical, like, uh, you know, at the end of the game there, especially after like the Wallman thing happened. And uh, I mean, honestly, early on, like really throughout it, it got pretty physical and, and say what you will about Ben Sharap, but when a, uh, an opponent is physical uh, against you, he's going to attempt to be physical back. So like he at least brings that to the table on a night in and night out basis. And so we had that going for us a little bit, which was nice, but you know, sometimes he's overly aggressive and it, and it would will cost the, the team. And in this game, I, I didn't feel like he did that. I feel like he stayed in his zone for the most part. Um, I, they, I, they didn't play too much man with him on the ice that I remember. But I, you know, he, he is he was, too much man. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but but I, I think that, uh, no, I, I think he was solid in this one. Yeah, this was one of those games where Ben Shira understood the assignment. He didn't chase hits. That's the, that's the biggest thing that kills Ben Sherrod is uh, bad pinches and chasing hits, hits that get you out of position. He didn't do that in this game, but that didn't take away from his ability to play physical. Like you said, there were a couple times where he was really bullying the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, for checkers and kind of getting in their heads. And then, of course, on the penalty kill that one time, block shot at a timely yeah. moment against John Tavares, I believe it was. Huge. And then, of course... I'm just how he drew it up. The bank off the boards that totally wasn't meant to be a, just a pass to Tyler Bertuzzi that went all the way down for a goal. And I originally thought it was Tyler Bertuzzi who redirected it, but it was Ben Sherratt's goal. And I'm not gonna lie. He deserved it. 
you know, Tyler Bertuzzi would have deserved it too because he had a fantastic game. But Ben Sherratt, he earned that goal because he had a great game. I think that was the perfect reward for him. Agreed. Uh, side note, we didn't mention it, but Lucas Raymond had a three-point night, and he is now on pace to beat his career high. So for all those people uh, who were a little bit of afraid of a regression from Lucas Raymond, he's quietly climbed his point totals back up towards the top of the team. Game preview. Yeah. Detroit Red Wings play their third and final game against the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, on Saturday. They've beaten the Columbus Blue Jackets handily both times they've played them. What, 6-1, to 4-2, to two, I think it was, in both of those games against them? Yeah. They're eighth in the Metropolitan Division, 12-27-2. The Columbus, Columbus, the Columbus Blue Jackets, Scotty, you know what's fun? I, I graduated from... Oakland University with a degree in communication and a minor in broadcasting, and I still can't talk. I work in radio. I do podcasts professionally, full time, and this, <laughs> and I still can't talk. Anyway, crazy. The Columbus Blue Jackets aren't having a good season. This is like when you were, you're a defenseman, and you were like, "What is defense?" On Twitter. Because I totally wasn't talking about the Red Wings defense. Yeah, obviously not. Obviously not. Yes. No, you just don't know what it is. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Columbus Blue Jackets, Scotty, this is a perfect opportunity for the Red Wings to get go, on a go streaking, baby. Yeah, they got two in a row. They just came off a three-game losing streak. They need this. This is 100%. the perfect thing, perfect team to face when you're trying to keep that ball rolling, really build momentum is the Columbus Blue Jackets, which means, of course, they're going to lose. Yeah, but also, <laughs> let's go streaking. Let's go streaking. I like it. Uh, Johnny Goudreau is their biggest point getter. 38 points, 40 games, 11 goals, 27 assists. Red Wings have, what, three players on their team now that have more goals than Johnny Goudreau? Try to sell it to me at the start of the season. <laughs> not bad. But that's not Maybe the point. Maybe just not great for him. Honestly, not great for him. More than anything. Uh, they have decent goaltending, and they also have bad goaltending. Elvis Merzlinkas is having a bad year. He's got an 8-6-5 save percentage in 17 games played. But Eunice Corposalo is playing really well in 9-13 save percentage. It's also a defensive core that is in absolute shambles. Yes. I cannot disagree with you on that a one. Def- not, not core unit. A defensive yeah. unit, top to bottom, that is in absolute shambles. So... Yeah, as the goalie defenders we are. We have to stay on brand, even when it's not our team. Yes. So when it comes to an- analyzing this game preview, it really just comes down to you are playing a team that you are better than on paper and on the ice. Go out there, do your job, don't take them lightly, and get on a winning streak and climb back up in the standings. Oh, speaking of standings, fun fact, they were in sixth place in the Atlantic before this game. After the win, they're in fourth place. That's how tight the bottom half of the division is. Boom. Ridiculous. I hate the Atlantic. Um, I hate it so much. But yeah, I mean, that's that's what it comes down to when you're analyzing this game preview is... Who do you think's in that for us? Got to go back to Huso. Run it back. Yeah, He's got a day off in between. I, I mean, I'm down. I, I was just curious to think they go to him for a whole week straight. I mean, you could go to Helberg considering... I hate saying considering the opponent, opponent because on any given day, anyone can win. That's how hockey works. But if you want to give Huso a break, this would be the team to do it against. But you're also a team that's finally beginning to get hot, and you can't yeah. do that. You would. This is like weirdly a game that 
I don't, I don't want to call anything a must win in January, but like this is like weirdly a game that you feel like you really need to win. Like this is a you are better than them, and if you win, then you are uh, on a three game win streak. You got six and three, right? Like this is a, a game that you you really need to take advantage of of an opponent and and not have like a letdown game. You need to not have the classic you know, game after a, a, a really tough opponent and a really hard-fought game to have a huge letdown day. You need to keep the pedal to the metal. So it, it's tough. You you kind of see the play to the opponent thing, but you also, you know, if you're showing up to the to the arena and you go, which goalie on this team gives me the best opportunity to win on any given night, then whoso would play 82 games. So it's tough. Let me put it to you this way. You're facing a team that you are better than at five on five. Right. Which is saying something. You're 27th. They're 29th. Right. This is a team that you should be able to beat. Go out 100%. there. Do the job. On no P. Scotty, how do you feel about the Tigers bringing the walls in? You know, uh, that's actually today's episode of Locked on Tigers. If you're interested, alert. Uh, I do the, I do the deep dive on it, but, um, the the shortened version is really that I, I have never been super passionate either way about it. And I think what this does is it makes the like 422 foot flyouts disappear, but it's still going to be a really deep center field and one of the deepest center fields in baseball. It's still way over league average. It's still the second deepest in the sport. Um, bringing the walls down will certainly help too. You're, you're really, you're getting rid of the egregious outliers as far as like fly balls that would be home runs anywhere else, but you're not eliminating the park's identity of having a really big outfield. So I think it's, it's, if you hate it, it's not that big of a deal. And if you love it, then you love it. So I, I think it's kind of a, a way to, to dare I say best of both worlds situation. You know what I love? You. You. <laughs> Were you guessing you or are you saying you to me? I was saying you as in Brian. Awesome. We love each other. That's that's how that's what makes a good podcast, guys. Is it, just it, love. Is. it really is. All right. We'll be back on Monday with a game recap. Scotty, any final thoughts? We ball, baby. Ball. Same time. Same place. Bet online. Every day. Every day. Not going anywhere.